Hey guys, hope everybody's doing well, recovering from Larn um, Antrim Coastal Marathon. I think someone's telling me on Twitter or maybe Instagram. Maybe I'm getting that wrong. I'm nearly a hundred percent a race a half marathon in Larn, but I guess it's called the Antrim Coast Half Marathon. That's probably like saying calling London Marathon. I actually don't know what you could call London Marathon. Is because it goes through it. Who knows? Anyway, hope you're recovering well from the Antrim Coast Half Marathon. Um, I'm currently sitting on a balcony in Belfast. Um, these wee windows could do with a wee clean. I suppose I could clean them myself, myself, sir. Um, I'm sitting on the balcony. It's about quarter to nine in the morning, just right by the Titanic. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, it's done a re- I'm actually looking around other people's balconies and some people have done their balconies really nice with like little flowers and plant pots etc etc it's it's really quite gorgeous um, but yeah I'm, I'm, I'm out here I, I spend the mornings just trying to I suppose relax a little bit I've I realised that um, <laughs> Katie's laughing at me can you hear me? Oh, so I spend the mornings just trying to relax a little bit Um I realized what I, I, I complain quite a lot about being unsettled. And then I've sort of come to realize that what I actually do is it's like, it's probably like complaining that you're not losing weight, but then spending the first hour of your day, um, I don't know, eating a full fry and like shit food. And then like complaining that, you know, you're, oh, well, actually, no, I'm going to change that. I'm going to change it to you're complaining that you're not losing weight a lot of money on like diet pills as people buy and things like this but then you're spending the first hour of your day eating unhealthy like a fry and you know things like this so I guess that's what I do so I I I speak to psychologists psychiatrists all these things to try to settle things down and um but then I spend pretty much the first hour of every day on the laptop and looking at flights and um, different places I could train, um, not only different places I could train, but, you know, different training methods of certain athletes. You know, it could be Kipchoge, it could be Farah, it could be Haile Gabriel Selassie, um, Moses Mosoff. All There's there's so much useful information online, but it's, it's only useful if it's probably useful a couple of months a year when you're when you're in your like planning phase. And that's the same with Airbnbs, that's the same with flights, that's the same with altitude. Like, it's useful during the planning phase, but then once the plan is, is done, actually, I'm on my fever tablet, once the plan's done, you know, you, you essentially should just stick. And it's easy me saying that, like, I am the world's worst at, um, sticking to a plan, but that's, I'm just getting my hay fever tablet because I forgot. Okay, so yeah, like, like I said, like, I called it useful information because it really is useful information. Like, it's class that, you know, top athletes share their training. And, um, it's class that websites exist like Sweat Elite and, you know, YouTube and, and all these useful, useful things. But if you're spending an hour every morning before you crack on with the day, um, it it just I think it just lands you in trouble, and and basically, 
the reason I, I, I mean, I know that for a certainty because I explained the nutrition element, but I'd never really, I'd never really known it to be a fact. And then I woke up this morning, I started using this thing called, if anybody wants to Google, it's called Muse. It's like, a, I'm not sponsored or anything like that. I, the chiropractor I went to see suggested it. Um, it's, it basically tracks meditation and sort of by, by audio feedback can tell you if you're relaxed or, or not relaxed, essentially. And um, it tells you when you're breathing. Basically, if you've picked the option of the rainforest, for example, um, as you get distracted, the, the rain will be heavier. As you relax, the rain gets quieter and you might even hear birds chirping. And, and, and yesterday I was very excited that there were 17 birds had chirped and I woke up in a very relaxed mood, you know, did a little bit of like I, instead of calling it journaling, I just kind of write a daily plan. And then at the end of each day, I like tick off what parts of the plan I stuck to. And then if I didn't stick to certain parts of it, I can move them to the next day if that's appropriate or, you know, forget about it, move on. Um, so basically today I woke up and I don't, for the life of me, I don't know why, but I sort of fell back into that habit of, flights i was looking up flights for boston um i was looking up several options about altitude even though i had already decided that oh i know why i was looking up boston because my buddy mark coogan who lives in boston had mentioned i could go out a bit earlier and train on the course but it's not that it's it's not that it's not a good idea to look the flights up or do that it's just the wrong time of the day right what you need to do is pencil in a time of the day afternoon you know after work whatever that you're going to spend 30 minutes to an hour having a look and then that's it you'll look you'll make a decision you'll move on i was basically starting every day trying to you know basically your goal for the day be more relaxed be more mindful be more present etc etc don't want to feel unsettled don't want to be unsure of where i am where i'm training blah 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 but you're going to spend the first hour of every day looking up different altitude spots, looking up different flights, blah, blah, blah. It's, you know, this is all hopefully making sense. Um, I wasn't doing myself any favors is basically what I'm saying. So this morning I started looking up flights and then I realized, oh shit, what am I doing? I'm looking up flights. I fucking, all of a sudden you fall down a rabbit hole of you're looking up flights, you're looking up like, you know, deals you're looking up dates you're looking up your training to see could it fit um and your wee brain just gets very busy right at the start of the day um and so then i did the then i did the muse thing just out of curiosity like i did it yesterday morning and it, it went really well i think it told me of the five minutes that i did it i was calm for you know three minutes which was really good and then i think i was neutral for a minute and 58 seconds and then I was at my brain was active which means it's kind of got lost and it's maybe thinking about altitude or thinking about training or thinking about whatever work stress blah 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 um, and and that was two seconds so this morning after all the flights I tried to you know relax for five minutes and my brain was my brain was thinking about hilly runs in oh it was thinking about um altitude and flag it was thinking about oh and it was it was all over the place um 
And so instead of getting 17 birds and you basically hear birds, basically the more relaxed you get, maybe for like, maybe if you're relaxed for like 20 seconds, a little bird will come along and like chirp in your ear. And so the day before, and then it tells you like at the end, you know, you had 17 birds. Um, and that's like, woo, well done. Today I had one bird and I think I was relaxed for a minute and five seconds. So 30% of yesterday, pretty much. And, you know, my brain was active for like 45 seconds, maybe, where it was all over the place with Flagstaff. And look, God knows how it tracks these things. And it's epic that it did. But also, I could just tell. Like, I could tell I wasn't relaxed and I had to put a lot more effort in to try and relax it. But it just shows you, like, that's almost biblical. It's factual. I don't know if biblical is the right word there. But, you know, it's 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 giving you data that says, hey, you're not relaxed. And I could just tell. So... It's no wonder I spend half my life unsettled and and that's just it's just mad that's the wee world we live in. Like we, we try for the life of us to, you know, be more calm or be more settled or, or you know, it's kinda of like, hey, you know, I, I really wanna be more calm, you know, I really wanna be more settled in what I'm doing, I don't wanna be angry, I don't wanna be anxious, and then going and watching like a UFC fight. Well fuck me, you know, you're not really doing yourself any solid there. So that is something I'm really working on. I have to say, you know, this this is all I, I needed a strategy. When you come off, you know, those medication, you, you can't just give up on everything. You can't like I'm gonna come off the medication, I'm not gonna to speak to a psychiatrist anymore, you know, I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing in the morning that unsettles me. You need a strategy. And my strategy was speak to my psychologist that I have at home here in Northern Ireland with Gary Longwell, um, meditate a bit more. Um, and I thought it was useful for me to, you know, have that Muse device because I'm, I don't know, let's just say maybe I'm spoiled and enjoy nice luxuries that, you know, give you a bit of feedback. And I feed off feedback. So it's just like the aura ring. It, you know, because I have the aura ring, I put a bit more effort into my sleep because I don't like waking up and seeing that it didn't go very well. So maybe I'm like a results thinker, we could call it. When I see results, I'm I'm very motivated and driven to make them good versus, you know, if there's no result, you just have to decide if you think the meditation went well or not. And same with sleep. You just have to decide, but you don't really know. There's also no accountability when there's no results or feedback. So I kind of like the accountability element. I really fucking like this person's balcony with all their flowers. That's kind of making me jealous. And their flowers are really nice. Um, But I guess more to the point, Antrim Coast Half Marathon was Sunday. Um, I I think it went well. I mean, it was my slowest half marathon in four years, which would would make most people think, well, Stephen's shit. That doesn't sound like it went that well. And I got beat by the women's new world record holder, which I have to say, that really stung a little because I was really hurting along that coast road. Um, I went off pretty hard with the leaders, and by pretty hard, mile one was 4.29, I believe. That's pretty hard. <laughs> um, and then I think mile two was like, you know, but, but last year, last year I think we went 4.35, 4.40, 4.45, 4.50, up the hill. So I was just, I mean, God knows why, but I wrote down in my pre race prediction that I would run I think 60 55 
fuck knows where this optimism comes from. I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm laughing because it's kind of like fair play to you, like, you, you know, fair play to you for thinking you can run that. Like, but I guess, I think when you make a bit of a breakthrough, like I did last year, um, you, you kind of just think that's the athlete you are now. And you forget that it's actually really hard to get to that level if you ever get to it again. Um, and so maybe, you know, I'm just, I'm just drawn. It's like I did that 15 mile tempo, like long run stroke tempo and um, like threshold, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, I, I average 507 and it, like I, I wasn't, it was a, it was a, it was a, it wasn't a hard run. It, it was hard towards the end because I pushed the, because I made it hard. I pushed, um, but it wasn't, I'd put it down as a six out of 10 in terms of level of difficulty. But still, to to think you're going to run 61 flat, which is 440 or 438 per mile, you still have to run 30 seconds nearly per mile faster. So I don't know where the fuck I pulled this prediction from. But needless to say, I didn't run 61.00. But the reason the reason the race was tough for me is because I I just was aggressive I just raced I raced off hard sub 430 first mile which is like 59 minute pace um, and then I settled into like 61 minute pace and then up the hill which felt a lot tougher than the year before I started hurting a bit and then I had that headwind on the coastal road and my world was falling apart and then <laughs> I heard the buggy and I went don't you fucking dare if that's the <laughs> if that's the lead woman like I'm gonna cry and then the buggy passed me. And then it's like, it's kind of like my world fell apart. And then when it fell apart, I had a choice to make. The choice was, you know, you give up like you did at the Olympics because things aren't going the way you wanted to. Or like most people and most people out there, you, you fucking race and you just get stuck in and you race whoever's next to you. And so that's kind of what it did. I kind of just expectation and, and thinking I was in 61 minute shape it was all gone it just all it was deleted instantly and wouldn't wouldn't that have been perfect you know come off the disappointment of the Olympics go to the Antrim post half marathon run a PB break the Northern Ireland record life goes on but that's not really the way life works so you know in the end come off the disappointment in the Olympics bit of a setback big setback for me um, get you know not eight miles into your next half marathon, get passed by the new women's world record holder, get swallowed up by a group of about 10 athletes that, you know, you could have just fucking ran with from the start and not had to run into the wind and not, you know, being sub 4.30 in the first mile. And like, there's loads of things that could have gone better in hindsight had I knew what I was going to run. I certainly wouldn't have went off at 59-minute pace, died. But, it, but the, the beautiful thing was... I, I rallied really well and I held my shit together and I basically showed myself enough in that moment by not giving up, by sort of digging in and, and racing a bit. Um, okay, I showed myself enough that look, you know, there's a, there's a place for you in, in, in sport and, and in competing again. And I haven't raced in like a year. So there was no, there was no dog fight in me. There was no fight in me. I had to kind of like, Stephen, this is racing, you know, race these guys, you know, they want to beat you, so race them. But it but it, it comes back. The the good thing, I think it's a good thing. I just couldn't push as hard as last year. So 
it's not that I don't think the fitness is there, but I'm going to tell you two things. My average heart rate was 10 beats per minute lower than last year. Last year it was 178. This year it was 168. But this year felt harder. And I just couldn't, basically, this is funny, I couldn't get it up, right? And that's it, yeah, my heart rate. Um, I just, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't go up. But, but the next part of that story is you earn the ability to push hard. You earn it by training hard. You earn it by, you know, doing the right training. You earn it by doing hard reps. You earn it. And, and so, of course, the, the reason, and I don't, it's not sympathy. The reason I'm not as fit as I was in 2020 or I'm not as able to push hard is because I haven't trained as hard. Like, and, and some of that is my own fault. Some of it is just pure, like, fuck me. I didn't know Mo Farah was going to be in font last year. I didn't know Bashir Abdi was going to be in font last year. I went there to train with Andy Butchart and these guys all showed up and it was fucking amazing. And we trained really, really hard. And my confidence every week was just soaring higher and higher. You've Mo Farah telling you you're going to run really well, predicting that you're going to come second in the race, helping you in the race. It was a fairy tale. For a runner like me, that was a fairy tale. But look, it doesn't mean it's the, the end of me running those sort of times. But I have to accept that right now, excuses to one side, I'm my fitness is 16. Probably, it, probably if I didn't go off at 59.30 pace, everybody knows what that's like. You know, take your first mile. I think I average 4.52 per mile, but the first mile is 23 seconds faster than that. So... Take whatever your first mile were, you know, knock about 30 seconds faster or two or three of them and figure out how much more difficult your race would have been. And I'm normally a master of consistency. Like, I'm normally like 448, 448, 448, 448. I'm really good at it. But for this race, I just didn't really know where the fitness was. And at least now I, at least now I know where it's not. I know it's not 61. You know, that's that's bloody obvious. But it probably lies somewhere between sixty two forty five and sixty three fifteen. Had I not gone as hard in the first few miles, had I had I had I have had company along that sort of headwind stretch, I reckon I could have broke sixty three minutes. And that's that's that is what it is, right? That's a fact. And I like that. I kinda like knowing because now in training I don't need to flog myself or be concerned why I can't run tempos at certain speeds because I'm just not there. I'm not the same fitness as last year. So the next part is um, I had to get I had to get some um, help basically because I um, decided that I'm changing too much. I'm, I'm changing too much of the training every week. Like it's 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 wild that I can coach people and their plan can be so precise and and logic and and it you know it sits there for months and and then they just get sent one week at a time whereas when it's myself one week i'm doing what i think kachogi would do the next week i'm doing parts of what i did the year before fuck it's all over the place so um i recruited some help so that i don't keep doing that and i think you know the, the email that i got back from um the person i asked to help me was the first line was, I think you seem a bit lost. And 
that can be hard to read perhaps but for me it's not really because i'd be like well yeah that that's probably what you'd say to somebody that five weeks ago withdrew from an olympic games went to an olympic games and dropped out and then two weeks later was unsure of fitness and thought he might be able to run 61 and actually runs 63 so i think that's a fair assessment um i also I also look back because, you know, I sent them some training in the last like eight to 10 weeks. And to be honest, I've done really well to run 63 because, you know, I think my average mileage is like 58, maybe something like that, because I just I've been all over the place. I had, I had a cold for two weeks, which, you know, wasn't really my fault. And then I had to taper for an Olympics. And you're looking at like, I think I went like 52, 52, 68. 48 46 you know like like the mileage is terrible so i don't really expect after eight weeks like that to, i i i wish i looked at that and i probably wouldn't have predicted 61 but then i'm kind of like you know giving that a go and like just just try and why not you know sometimes why not give it a go home soil give it a rip if it doesn't work out, suck it up, get home. And so, look, there's a lot of positives. Uh, I was going to do Great North Run. However, you know, I've, I've asked for support and the person I asked for support told me that he didn't see any purpose in running Great North Run to, to basically, you know, get back in the... In fact, I, I haven't even really got back in the decent week's training yet because you're tired from the half marathon. So I've tried to keep volume high, running like 10 miles in the morning, five miles at night, um, but easy. And, you know, once I get back into doing some sessions tomorrow and um, a longer run at the weekend, all of a sudden you'd, you'd have to taper again. And if you don't taper, you're going to go to a very high quality half marathon and, and just not do yourself any justice. So Great North Run is no more. Um, and also, I, I, I agree with it entirely because actually, if you look at the maths, there's like three to four weeks that you can sort of do sessions that are going to help push things forward for Boston. And 63 minutes for a half marathon probably predicts about 2.11 to 2.12 for a marathon. So I have fucking work to do, basically. And if I don't, if I get to Boston and I look back and I have to do a podcast that says, you know, my average mileage for Boston was X, but the only reason it was X is because I had to taper for Larn or Antrim. I had to taper for Great North Run. I had to recover from Antrim. I had to recover from Great North Run. You have all these excuses before you even start. And so I want to be able to look back in four or five weeks and just say, do you know what? What a really great four or five weeks, at least it gives me a chance. And that's, that's it. So the head goes down. I still believe, um, I, I, I have a feeling that with that average, it's not like I averaged the exact same heart rate as last year and I was just way slower. I have a feeling it'll only take three to four sessions and I'll gain that ability again to push that heart rate higher it's basically i i think it's the power element like neuromuscular power and so hills you know 
faster track stuff. When I did my pre-race tempo, the tempo went really well. The heart rate was really low. It looked amazing for the marathon. But then when I did a K at 3K effort, I was knackered. I, I really struggled in the K. I was able to run 240, but it was way harder than last year. And so I already knew there was gaps. I just didn't really accept it. I just, because of course you're like, was it harder than last year? But I can tell you it fucking was. I knew straight away, straight after the session, it was harder than last year. So once you get back into doing reps at 3K effort, reps at 5K effort, you almost bring back that ability to push the heart rate up. And it's not just speed because anybody can go to the track and sprint, but it's, I, I think it's actually called VVO2 max. It's the speed that you can run for about eight to 10 minutes, which is kind of bang on 3K. That's different from speed. That's an ability to hold a pretty quick speed. And actually, I remember running 64 minutes in like 2012 maybe. For, for a half marathon, 2013. And it wasn't long after I had ran 7.57, I think a couple of times at like European indoors to qualify for European indoors. Um, and again, it's no, it's no surprise that that day I was able to sustain a really high heart rate for the whole of the um, half marathon because I was in pretty fucking great shape for like 3K, 5K. Um, whereas right now it probably looks like I'd probably only run like, you know, I might only run like eight ten for three k. Which, if eight years ago you've ran seven fifty seven and you're way better now, that's a disaster. Like that blows my mind. But that's the way running works. If you don't, if you don't work certain systems, you lose that ability. It's that simple. And so, that probably is what it comes down to. There's just gaps, and um, I need to fill some of those gaps in while maintaining high volume for Boston and 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 the next part about it is that like life's just being simplified. I just want life to be very simple. A simple life, just handle my business, take care of the tree and then, you know, get it done, do it well and then move on. That's that's the way I want my life to be, rather than being unsettled every day, thinking about different camps, thinking about places I can go, thinking about different training. Everything just needs to calm the fuck down and get back to, you know, just get back to business, getting the training done and, and then move on. But look, I'll leave that there. I'm going to go run 10 miles this morning um, and then, you know, probably six or seven tonight, um, five, six, seven. I don't know, just whatever, whatever sort of feels right. Um, but look, have a great day and, you know, I hope you, you, you gain something from today.